Yeah. Beautiful. There we go. Office hours 30. For those who have not joined in the last few weeks, we have unfortunately canned our hand up uh, ceremony at the start. It's it's retired. We had a lot of fun with it. Math got hard. We we're breaking our brains. We have more important uh, problems to solve. It was taking us like 10 minutes a day. Uh, so we're done with that. Welcome to anyone here. Uh, this is office hours. This is office hours number 30. We're hitting a three. Man, what a crazy time. Uh, so anyone who's joined us, check it out along the way. We're so grateful for all your support. Grateful to have you guys here today uh, and excited for a couple of topics. We even did a little pre-planning on this one about the order that we want to go. I sort of forgot it already, but I'm sure we'll uh, recover and get here. Um, quickly, Todd Bryan, uh, CEO. Speak of, CEO is still a weird title, but I'll take it. And uh, you know, a lot of work right now dealing with customers, uh, you know, looking forward to the future, but also staying grounded in the present. Uh, and also investors and all the fun stuff that comes with, uh, you know, uh, building a business. And it's a very exciting time right now, learning lots very, very quickly. And, you know, excited to have this touch point every week to sort of share any insights uh, along the way. So I'll let someone uh, jump in here. Go, uh, Nihal, uh, digital strategist here at Speak. Uh, working on everything from the website to content to customer support and success when I can. And uh, looking forward to number 30. Very interesting actually to be connecting the two uh, front end and the back end of our company. I'm on the back end product development and Tim, and that's uh, gonna be an interesting, uh, interesting hour ahead of us. Uh, I'm Lauren. I am the accountant and administrator. I'm doing a lot of work in security and just keeping pretty busy. Very, very busy. That's you awesome. Great new haircut as well, too. Lauren, best looking person today. That's also a great shirt. So uh, it's a battle here right now. Appreciate that. Okay. Uh, this is exciting time. So uh, just trying to show the excitement uh, which I have. Uh, I'm Vatsal Science, CTO at BKI. Uh, last week, I was uh, deep into the changing on the architectural change, uh, the, the system level architectural changes. And now, uh, also the embeddable recorder success uh, uh, last couple of weeks uh, gets me excited. And also the setting up on the intercom, making sure the customer success is good to go. Uh, and we try to help as much as we can, as quickly as we can at the same time. Uh, so a lot of things are uh, on the roadmap, and uh, I'm looking forward to talk more about in the uh, office hours. Okay. Well, uh, Neil, I believe we're going to kick this off. As we do, I'm going to share the screen. I hope you're uh, okay with that. Uh, it's going to be the website, so I would hope you're okay with it. It's published live on the web. Yes, <laughs> we don't really have uh, everything's always a work in progress. Yeah, there we go. So I'm going to share this, and maybe Neil, maybe just talk a little bit. I mean, the perception obviously coming into the company and then you've done a lot of work on the website and then including the home page design. And then, you know, there's obviously been a sort of transformation from our understanding of where we're providing the most value for our customers and then also articulating that. So maybe a little bit of context there for why this home page is, um, you know, updated and, and what, we're, what we're talking about. Sure thing. So um, I guess uh, to kick this off when... I came in to the company, I guess the homepage was very similar uh, to the previous version we had up where I, I don't believe I changed too much on the copy front or messaging or even just like how we position ourselves. Um, and now, you know, if we were to start at the top here, uh, the the main message that we've, and, and I mean, th this, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to A-B test this headline and you know, still our data set's still not large enough to uh, do proper A-B testing, but, you know, uh, with the shift towards focusing more on, you know, the, the output and how we actually help you make transcripts useful, uh, you know, shifting our messaging more from previously, I believe it was transcribe and analyze your media in one place. Um, and now trying to put more emphasis on this idea of uh, creating these accessible media databases that you are able to um, build um, either for yourself or for your company, uh, whichever use case you you find. And then, you know, just the subtext is this whole idea of using AI, which is very 
prominent buzzword at this time, um, deep search and data vis visualization, which are the two elements of our system that we do believe we can expand on and even just currently in its existing state provide quite a bit of uh, significant differentiation from some of the other just plain transcription providers out there. So, you know, if I were to use uh, someone's, someone as an example, it's like, uh, I don't want to call them out, but they, they have been getting a lot of press, but something like Otter, right? Where all they really do for you, and, and I mean, they do it really well, is they let you tr automatically transcribe all your media or all your meetings, not even your media, just, you know, strong focus on meetings and let you transcribe that. But then, you know, it all just kind of sits in this giant repository and the odds of someone actually using those recorded transcripts or recorded meeting, uh, meetings uh, to enact impactful change is very low. So uh, our goal here is to try to get, and part of this would be the education of our customers of how do you now take this collection that you have and actually start gleaning insights from it, right? So if you also notice previously, we just had the starting a free trial button. Um, now we're playing around a little bit with scheduling a demo. Uh, because we do think our platform is useful for the individual user, but there's definitely, you know, an individual user can only produce so much content, right? While if we're talking more enterprise use cases, that's when you're going to have thousands or hundreds to thousands of hours that you need to go through every week, every month, whatever it is. Um, so far, not, not too many stats on how this is performing, but, uh, you know, our signup rate has stayed relatively the same. And here, just kind of calling out, uh, trying to put social proof a bit higher up on the page. Uh, and this quote uh, might be edited a bit as well. But you know, for now, just rallying around this idea that our system helps you uh, beyond all the other functions that and features we have in the system. Our system helps with just reducing admin labor and the need for multiple, multiple different workflows. Uh, now you can just take care of everything you need from uh, uploading your files to transcribing them to even assigning them to let's say individuals within your team that need to work with these files uh, you do that all within our system and you know one of our lovely customers was kind enough to say this about she said quite a bit more but you know trying to just draw a uh, focus to the fact that their admin labor uh, was significantly reduced i don't i'm, I'm not sure tyler if you, you know we were given like a percentage rough percentage but uh, the word was fraction. So fraction is nice, you know, fraction. uh, yeah, fraction, fraction like, a fra yeah. you know, what that so fraction let's, is. Let's, yeah. say, let's, let's say by 80%, we'll, yes. we'll make up our own. Okay. okay. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but, um, you know, just, just being able to bring, uh, their entire workflow into our system. Um, you know, the, the amount of time her as founder and her management team were spending on just organizing things, um, was costing them a lot of money and we were able to bring that in. So trying to draw some some attention to that. So, you know, this whole idea of simplifying your workflow and bringing your capturing, transcribing, and analysis work all under one roof. Um, and so here, just talking a bit about, you know, you get the multiple capture options. If you need cleanup of your transcripts, there's a human augmented element of it where we do have a great team of transcribers that helps us uh, bring your stuff up to 100%. And the final point is, you know, something that Vatsal has been really excited about and has been putting quite a bit of work into uh, is this idea of making it as seamless as possible to bring your media from wherever it lives, bringing it into the system, right? So um, we have, so currently we work with uh, Zapier, Zapier, however you say it, um, to bring bring you connections from different, uh, different avenues. And uh, we also do have the API access if you want need to build something or uh, just for people with more advanced use cases. And uh, I'm not sure if you just wanted me to share my screen instead. <laughs> probably, probably would have been easier if you had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then here, you know, th this whole idea, this is something that I think has been around even before I came in, but you know, this whole idea of not letting your media live in a silo. Uh, and one, you know, from a medium perspective, one place that we differentiate is we even enable you to work with text files. So you can bring in your audio, video, and text and actually find 
things across all your files, regardless of the medium. So here, you know, we have this point about easily finding anything you need across all your files. And this is about the database building, but also how we help you find anything and navigate to anything within your entire library. The second point, and this is a part that we're really excited about building out as well, is just how, how best to actually surface insights. So you, you need to do less manual data analysis. And we just help you by being like, hey, here's what you need. And the final point is just this whole idea, once again, of uh, simplifying your workflow and organizing everything you need in one place. So a lot of improvements have been made, which is great. And you know, just because of the team we are, constantly improving features. And if anyone has feedback, we're always happy to hear that. And then just some, uh, some uh, testimonials from some great customers of ours. So a few, few things before you stop sharing your screen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, one more time, last time, and, and we are good. Okay, so if you go up a little bit, uh, uh, over here, yeah, one more, one more. Yeah, in, in the deep search, uh, let's let's uh, put an image which has the more bars so uh, users can see how to see that. It's sort of a one segment. And also the, the if you scroll down, the sentiment analysis is so neutral, which is not like our life. It sounds like, okay, so uh, 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 let's have some more ups and downs in the sentiment, which has more video or audio uh, from another account, which is fantastic. And also now, now we, because we, we want to touch one more thing, uh, uh, Nihal, you already touched on the transcription and media as a team, organizing your transcript, which we also included the bulk edit and the, the management options. We change uh, also the little bit UI. Uh, for ease and the navigations on the interface. So that, that this is pretty good. Thank you. I, I did my best. That was hard. I was like, do I go up or go down? Do I leave it in the same spot? Uh, you know, and I think, you know, that quote, quote, quote from Rachel was wonderful. And, you know, a, a little bit beyond that was like the idea of, you know, this is a very big deal for our company. Um, so when you're managing a lot of people, if you're saving, you know, microseconds, but then seconds for every single action, that adds up very quickly in a business case. So one of the main reasons why we've seen, you know, even in some cases, I think the system adopted is really we've focused on, you know, our best we can is efficiency of navigating through these libraries. And from some feedback from a couple of people who are big supporters of the team, they said, if you continue to build products around or your solution around speed, there's a lot of power that comes from it. So when we're asking, you know, when we're asking ourselves, hey, what do we build next? Or what do we want to do? If we ask, is this going to increase the, the speed that our, our customers can complete their jobs at? Um, then, and if that is yes, then, then there's more priority on that than no. Um, so lots of really interesting um, sort of uh, feedback that came from that. I'm really excited from a person who had been using WordPress forever. Uh, I mean, that's not a very good example, but just like bulk editing of features uh, or bulk editing of, you know, uh, multiple files. You know, I shared that before, but one of the first bulk things we did was bulk uh, exports of transcripts after I had a mental breakdown, um, trying to do it myself manually for like 30 files. And I'm like, this is horrible. And we have technology. Why would we make anyone do this? So really excited to see that part come in and adds a lot of benefits to our system. Uh, we can we can go on another topic, which is supporting the customer and, and, and changing from Drift to Intercom. And even if you see the screenshot, uh, we, we moved to the Intercom sort of uh, in the last couple of weeks. And there are reasons because when you build a product and when you build a company, it is not just about the technology or how innovative you are or how much you want to put the efforts. It is also more empathize on how are you willing to support your customers. And, uh, and we, we all are deeply uh, I would say deeply having understanding about not just uh, give them the good product or the good solution, but at the same time, do the best to support the customer at any time. And and before why we did we, why uh, we moved from Drift to Intercom, there are a lot of reasons, and I can also touch upon that. But one of the one was because the team management was the issue, and and everyone had that in even even the small team, everyone knows. Uh, what type of expertise they got and how quickly they can help to the customer. So one thing we are going to do on the intercom is understanding about the team's uh, expertise and trying to navigate and bifurcate the, the questions or the issues or the recommendation from customer to individual. Let's say it is more about the security or the privacy. 
the best person in the team is the Lauren. So let's try to navigate those questions to Lauren. So also make sure the customers are happy and have the have the satisfied answer, not just the theoretical or something like so. So that was the one part we moved on the intercom. And also they have a lot of product in a product. What does that mean? They, they created the, the, the inbound, the outbound, also setting uh, the whole pipeline to understand where is the use, where is the customer is coming from. And if it is a lead user or not, and help you to understand what are the needs from, from, from this customer. So that, that is helping a lot. And we're still trying to get best out of the intercom. And uh, even if you are in the early stage company, they, they do provide uh, quite a bit of a good uh, uh, pricing rate uh, for the for a one year. So you also can apply and which we did. So these are the couple of insights from the intercom. We definitely can touch more on that. Is there anything on the intercom we could be doing like a better job of? Almost heard that, Lauren. Oh, sorry. Uh, is there something on uh, intercom that we can be doing like a better job of? What we can do better job of one is absolutely the customer support, having the understanding about what are the what are the equations. The second thing is like the help centers. If you search for the security uh, or intercom because of the help center and the articles, it is automatically going to start populating the suggested article. So if if we, if you take uh, more than a five minutes on an hour, they already got a couple of insights or the answers. So that's the another piece that helped them quicker. Yeah, you know, we're not getting a, a wild amount of live chats, but we still get some good ones come in and, you know, it, we're not always there right away to respond with a perfectly good question, but someone the other day asked, can I, can I search for keywords in the transcript, which is a pretty, um, you know, uh, standardized question that people come into the system with and like that resource is ready, Intercom can give them the answer without any human intervention uh, on that point. And, and I think one of the things that sticks out to me is like, where, where did one of the biggest frustrations come from was, and this is like, it sort of speaks to what we're trying to accomplish too, was like a break, a drift was okay, um, but it, they had a breakdown in the workflow. And to me, one of the biggest breakdowns in the workflow was that we could no longer connect it with our live chat channel in Slack. And so all of a sudden we were missing out on notifications and, um, you know, them sort of sunsetting one of the ways that they had done that was sort of a, a frustration in our own workflow that really triggered us to look for other solutions and then land on intercom. So, you know, I, I don't know exactly what I'm saying there. It's just like, that's, I think that's a, that's a really good insight into why we switched to a different solution and also an insight to maybe why someone would look at speak uh, as a solution here for what we're doing. So, um, and then just to add like overall, I think one of the reasons or one of the ways you can differentiate in an early stage, the small team is customer support, talking, caring, going beyond, you know, beyond what they would reasonably even sometimes expect to deliver value. And, um, you know, sometimes people say, you know, maybe you can't scale that, but my goal is to be able to scale customer support and make it a huge core part of our business. We can make our customers happy, just like Intercom's made us happy. We're gonna, you know, people will talk about it. They'll start talking about it, like Vats was talking about it in, in this uh, office hours here today. So we want to build advocates of our business through great customer support. And also we learn so much from them. We, you know, as much as people learn from our system, we learn from people. And so um, want to continue that process and feedback loop. Uh, can you guys think of like any other ways that we can uh, scale customer service more? Because I feel like we've made some good improvements just from Intercom and Intercom handles a lot of it uh, automatically with uh, its own AI and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. The, the one, one solution they have is the sort of a custom board. So you can create, uh, after having more understanding about what type of questions we get through the chat on the website or even in the app, we can create the whole pipeline uh, about automatically resolve their questions or answer from the article. So even we don't need to answer each questions unless until there's a, the impact is the critical on their end. And we also can ask the questions before even it sends to us. So for an example, how much impact is it? Is it critical, lower or moderate? If it is a critical, and then we can put up a couple of more questions about in which segment you are having an issue, transcription, okay, or embeddable recorder, fine. Then we can also try to help them or understand to the root level of the problem so we can save time and also scale the system at the same time because that definitely can reduce 80% of the query.
which we might not even need to address those questions. Does, does this help? Yeah, go ahead, Tim. Um, um, I'm sure that uh, you also wanted to say something, but on to this part, um, many of the questions that we saw were coming about the functionality, how would I achieve a particular outcome? So actually shooting into tutorials or um, screencasts for particular use cases might be another solution to scale our uh, customer support. Yeah, hopefully, ideally, through the UI or through the documentation on our site, they don't even have to ask that question. Uh, that, that's, I think, would be the best outcome that we see. But overall, it's nice to get what we have now. Another thing with Intercom is like much easier time capturing like even the name and email of people um, so that we can follow up because what was happening, it was horrible. Like you have these great questions on Drift, you'd miss it by four minutes and they're gone off the site and you could never find these people again. Like, and it's like, oh, I, you know, we were the, we could have solved this for you and now you're gone here, see you later. So, you know, that's a huge thing, especially when you're early learning and also acquiring customers um, to miss out on opportunities like that. So um, I think that's another piece. Speed is always, you know, anytime, you know, we've all had the experience of making a phone call for customer support and sitting there for 45 minutes while it plays elevator music and getting frustrated minute by minute until you almost want to hang up. So the quicker that we can respond, even if it's an automatic to give some insights and then respond manually, the, the better we do for our customers. Um, yeah. And that, that should come from the genetics of the company. That is nothing, not, not something like you can build upon over uh, year over year. It is, should be something from your genetics when you build a company. And, uh, and, and that is what, that's what we are heading towards. Just like make sure uh, we, we do our best to support customers as quickly as possible at any cost. Okay. All right. Oh, Lauren, go ahead. No, Lauren, do it. Maybe not at any cost. Uh, I feel like there's oh, yeah. oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, the, that's the thing, right? I mean, okay, you can build the technology. There are hundreds and thousands of companies who build the technology. But, okay, the IP or the innovations, that's a one part which always you can do. But how are you going to get more onboard users who trust your product or trust your service? So, I mean, let's on the technical, technological end, the best company is one of the best company, I believe is the Stripe. So Stripe customer success department is like so active, you can get on a call within a minute or two to anyone. Even that's a large company who is processing the payments and stuff, either or the Amazon. I mean, those are the big companies and we see in the, even the market is like, why do you get frustrated? Why do you want to move from the drift? They have a beautiful chat integrations, everything. Why did we move? So there are a lot of reasons behind supporting customers at any cost. Stripe sticks out to me too. Um, like we, we've had a couple of calls with Stripe uh, and they just like call immediately on the phone. It's always a very helpful person. So you can really feel the difference as a user of technology or companies, especially, I mean, if, if we expect people to pay more, um, you know, we got to have some good support um, there. So for us to get to the next level, like obviously there is a self-serve model where we try to add some automation and stuff. But uh, you know, overall, we want to uh, do you know do do good stuff. And so quickly, I know we got a couple other topics. I just want to share this quickly. Right, I said quickly twice. Now it's three times. Uh, this is uh, just this edit uh, sort of feature. So quick, I just like want to share about this. I did a quick test before this, and everything beautiful. Um, but just this idea of bulk editing. And so it seems again, maybe it seems like such a simple feature, but when you're managing, once you cross a threshold, I'd say what three. I don't know, I get frustrated after three. They say like, once you do something three times, you should figure out how to automate it. So this idea here is, you know, let's, you know, do this. So it's just, uh, you know, off it. Oh, sorry, I get nervous when people are watching me type. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Oh my God. All right, there we go. Update all, should have a little refresh and all of a sudden the tags are edited. So you can do that across description and a ton of different things um, within it. So you know, just for quick use and management, especially when you're doing data cleaning and organization and analysis, this is like a really important part. And sometimes people get so excited about the analysis part, but unless you have things organized properly, you're not going to be able to do that, do that right. So in one last part, just want to show what are these export options. Um, and this is a big, big piece for us too, because people were wanting to export um, in different ways. 
and we would start to see. So we started to give a lot more, including obviously the normal typical stuff that we've done, Word doc and PDF and SRTs. But we've also added some really nice um, ways to do CSV. And one thing that I'm really excited about is even um, giving access to JSON uh, data as well too. And when you do that, you also have the ability to customize what you're doing so, or what you want. So if I don't want timestamps, I don't want the visualizations, but I want the speaker names, I can do that, hit export all, and all of those will be uh, created for me automatically. So just really happy with seeing that process. And I feel like we're getting to a stage where the company or the product or the system is more mature. And at some points we were going like, you know, constantly like massive jumps in iteration of like what we wanted to add to the add to the system. And now it's like, here are improvements. And again, I think those improvements are much more aligned with what we've talked about or heard some of the benefits, which is reducing administrative labor, increasing speed, um, these things that our customers care about most. Uh, so I just wanted to share that quickly. Uh, any, I guess, any thoughts on that? And Tim, you did a bunch of work on that. That's a little not sure if there's anything else that, that you two are thinking on that part. Go ahead, Dean. Mute, Tim. That's yeah. why you're thinking. Yeah, mute. There you go. You're on mute, sir. You're on mute. Well, we didn't have much necessarily. Um... So, what what were your thoughts when you were when you were building the the export options? Anything you want to say? Is like what what were your thoughts when you worked last week on the on the export options and the audio video index combined? I mean, the only reason that we did build it was that nobody else really does it. In order, I would have to, I would have to do that all of that manually, and um, I, I'm glad that we did it for our corporate clients. It's corporate and individuals really who do have lots, lots of media could benefit from that. Just a short thought. I know it's sort of like, you know, Nihal talked about sort of personal, like database management at the start, but for me, this is also, you know, I curated as my own personal uh, data management. So for me to be able to, for example, organize by tags across all, then visualize different things is a very valuable thing, both personally and on a, on a corporate level. I think also just, you know, Tim, you and I did a lot of work on more of this, I think, CSV sort of, uh, you know, insight packed um, export, which all of a sudden took, you know what, in the past, there was a pretty big process to go from transcript to analysis or, you know, doing the insight work yourself. And here we've gone and included that insight for you in, a, in an easy to use, easy to digest format. So we're really excited about that and excited to see more use and adoption of, of CSVs um, for analysis of the, the content we're creating. Well, that's also interesting because the users we're targeting with, for example, CC or JSON expert are, are a particular group of people who are, could be willing to spend their time or, or actually utilize their skills of data science and who do, who do have access to, to Google Data Studio or some other visualization platforms that, not visualization, but just data mining platforms such as Power BI or whatnot, that might help them. And it um, is another avenue and really value that the system could provide to um, um, specialists in, in, in their fields in corporate and in, in analysis, uh, sector. And I just, and just something, you know, I've been thinking about it, which is like, what, what are we, you know, of course, what are we trying to do? And that's another time about it yesterday, but it's like, um, you know, really part of it, oh, is like harnessing the power, you know, of language and data science to make life better for people. You know, and I think that that's something that I really care about. I know that everyone on the team here cares about. And, you know, by giving more democratized access to some of this stuff, I think we can bridge the gap for a lot of people to derive value out of the language, out of the media that's being created. So I know that's a mission that I, I, I care about a lot. I know you guys do. And just trying to figure out how to articulate that even better so that people see just how beautiful communication is, language is, and what we can learn from it in so many different ways. So. Um, uh, I uh, have been drinking way too much water, so I'm going to be returning uh, in about uh, a minute. Uh, you guys carry on and I'll join. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, on the bulk edit side too, uh, which we see the use cases about in the team management, especially because there are, there are like, let's say 100 people working in a team and they also want to manage or assign those media to one of the team member to work upon. So that was the big uh, change on, on also on the team management side. So. 
to support that that is that is critical and also the important what we say also on the home website homepage about the workflow on the topic of these like incremental um, improvements here what are you guys focusing on next what do you think is the next big improvement that you're uh, uh, looking into big improvements on the on the on the enterprise and the b2b side uh, the one is the folder layout or supporting the folder to structure your data in such a way that you can visualize, you can have more insights, you can create the reports, you can do a lot of more stuff. Once you have that structural data, we still have in the, I, won't, I wouldn't say old style table format, uh, but still it's a table format. And the another option is like, what type of column do you want to display uh, when you come to the any media page or the text page to support that? So those are the two big thing. Uh, I personally believe it's gonna change a lot of workflow because let's say we don't have, we, we talk about audio, video and text combined analysis, but we still don't, apart from the tags, we don't have any layout where you can put all your media in one you know, subfolder and try to see what comes out. So that's the one thing it also in terms of the analysis, understanding about what's going on and a lot of dots are automatically connected. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, so lots of work on like segregating data to analyze different patches, if you will. Even let's exporting just the whole folder and put the whole folder on your Google Drive, putting the whole folder analysis with the inside description, create the different podcasts for different analysis, different workbenches, I would say, to understand what is going on and try to see the sentiment even by the folder, not just by the media. That's the huge improvement. Let's say 2019, 2020, whatever, if you are doing podcast or the even in the medical field, you can try to bifurcate by the year and see what's going on. The current solution is, of course, the tags or the creation date that is works fine, but it is still the bifurcated with the audio, video, and text right now. I think the folders will be pretty major, like because I think at that point, um, not only are you adding a layer of organization, but it'll probably give be easier to get uh, cleaner data. Uh, just by virtue of being able to organize, right? So to your point, if you have, I don't know, like a series, a pot of webinar series, and you have a series of blog posts that support that yep. webinar series, now you can just organize it by, you know, webinar X, uh, and then get repurposing stuff from that, uh, that folder. So I think that would be huge. Um, I, I guess we'll see how that plays out and how that's designed I, i'm i'm partial to to grids but we'll see we'll see how that uh, because it is it is also connected let's say if i want to share a file i need to click mm -hmm. 50 times right now to share a video or something to you exactly. or right now it's a manage or assign to option but still then you can just choose a folder and share to the whole team mm -hmm. and the whole team will have access but at the same time you are maintaining your privacy or the security even within the team management yeah. or even on the on the public platform so that's going to the big change uh, for the yeah, management side well it's a beautiful thought uh google's drive really does it well and we might as well uh, look up to them just one thing that you know it's it's definitely more i wouldn't say it's abstract but you know i'd like to build up those use cases better but uh We've talked about it before. It's like this just idea of comparison. Like, how do you how, could you compare one folder, like one say with Neil's example, one webinar versus another webinar series? You know what I mean? What are the differences between those two? And they did a webinar series, and this one, the the net promoter score or the feedback they got in this one was fifty percent higher. So why 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 is that? What were they what were they talking about? What was the reason that is? And so by building sort of that comparison ability within the systems by even something like that, a lot of, a lot of power unlocks. Um, so I get really excited about that. Obviously I've spent many years looking at analytics data and Google ads data and trying to say to my clients, you know, why is this going up or why is this going down and, you know, learning from that. And, you know, when you can add that sort of context, we add another layer of value within our system that other systems are not providing yet. So I get very, very uh, pumped about the, the, the future of what that looks like. So Yes. Oh, that was a good question from Lauren. So uh, good, that was a really good question. Anything else before we move on to Timmy's topic here? Okay, no, Timmy, you're on the spot, buddy. 
I mean, just just as a funny oh, point. No, no, like as right. fun, this has nothing to do with anything. But I I read this this funny thing where it was like, why why do we call Timothys Tims? Right? Why is why is it not Moth? So, like I'm I'm I'm, th <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking we should uh, start referring to Tim as Moth. Moth from now on. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay, go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Looking at this, you're seeing great, I guess. That looks like Tim. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Tim wasn't sure what moth was. I looked at it. Tea, you know. Careful with the screen there, Tim. It's always scary when you're sharing on a public YouTube video. Well, it's a good question. It's um. Well, besides besides this. Um, why is it so? Perhaps because we didn't respond to that very well. And I think that we should establish the, I mean, this topic for, I think we should establish a feedback loop over our, well, essentially a team's performance. And in a way, we either respond and we meet uh, set expectations and call it um somewhat of a success each sprint or not and you would argue that um in the business most important part most important metric that you may have is monthly recurring revenue or perhaps if you're product centric you could say it's user retention or you could say that in our case one of our North Stars was how many media were analyzed in the platform. And there are many of these metrics that we've gone through and we're looking into right now. But what really stands out as, by the way, excuse me for uh, some reconstruction going on right outside my window, but we want to be measuring performance of our team on uh, on a much more with a frequent rate so that we can check in on ourselves and see how is it that we're impacting those North Star metrics in the first place, sort of that middle ground. And frankly, we do not, you know, Michal and I, and I were working on this and brainstormed a couple of um, interesting solutions, but the very first one is actually to well measure the whole organization's performance. That is our why, how much money is going in and out. And on the front end side, it's there are interesting metrics such as impressions on the website, signups, interactions with tools that do give us a, an estimate of how engaging is our product? How engaging is our thought and movement or a brand on its own? And these numbers really enable us to see how much goes in. On the other side is the backend, the application, the outputs, the value that we produce with our technology, our services, and with everything that we've been building so far. And this ROI is yet to be defined. We're working on that. But to answer this simple question, whether we're on aggregate meeting our own expectations or not, on aggregate of a whole organization, whether we're meeting some of those expectations or not, and whether we're growing or not, or, 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 uh, what would be the opposite of growing? Uh, that's an interesting question, but it's it'll enable us to see a larger picture instead of, for example, many would say that a sprint performance in development, for example, is how many features were pushed. Uh, we could, for example, go a little bit more detailed, how many QA tests were done, how many fixes are gonna be needed after 
um, after it went in and you could optimize the nodes. I just recently talked to a team of developers in uh, Compass Digital Labs and those guys were, um, I'm not sure, but they called it uh, stamp or, or uh, a trunk process. What they do is that they push code hourly into their branches, into the development branch, into the queue to, to allow for a QA. And it's really done because the organization is so large and there are so many development teams. That's a way to optimize performance of a development team. I'm sure that Nihal, Tyler, you might have, uh, you definitely will have good ways to measure your own performance, such as, well, acquisition. Um, customer acquisition costs is one of them. And those metrics truly define performance of marketing in front of the, of the, of, of the company. Um, and you could go detailed as well. There are many frameworks you could apply and um, figure out how to optimize those numbers. And that also makes sense. So for each department, you have those metrics that can really um, measure every nitty and gritty detail of, of your own process. But coming back to this higher, this, this more important ROI perspective, all this matters, but needs to be tied in together. So been working on that for, um, we're gonna see if this is actually gonna help us, but once we do establish it, this, this funnel from front end to back end, we'll see how can we impact our, um, can we impact our, uh, uh, I guess success really, week after week, um, as we do every Monday on our stand-up meetings. So. That's a thought. I guess I guess to feed off of that, right? Because and I'm going to try summarize that. Um, I think it's 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 this idea of, uh, you know, like that's why you've like this is something you've uh, helped uh, instill in me a little bit more as well as you know, like for example, any meeting we have as well. Mm -hmm. Now I try to like leave with takeaways, right? It's like, what do we act on and how do we maybe track the success of those actions that were taken. So when it comes to, uh, I guess, cross departmental and even just total organizational uh, metric tracking, I think it's important for us to look at, you know, all the pieces that lead to, because yeah, you know, definitely with time restraints and stuff, you can maybe go to like more granular that is than is maybe necessary. But um, I, I think there is also validity. And for example, you know, on the marketing side as an example, right? If, if I were to take like a product approach to marketing where it's like, or, or just outcomes-based approach, right? It's, we released a new set of emails, right? Based on, you know, assumption, this is the assumption. We think this is what's going to happen. Here are the results. Uh, so I almost feel like sometimes even uh, on the total product side, if we start looking at, okay, you know, we, uh, with some of these changes we've made, right? Uh, how do we drive successful usage of these, these features, for example, right? So, you know, does that involve uh, sending out an email campaign around it, right? Does it involve customer education through intercom? And how do we achieve these success metrics for these things that we're building uh, to actually give us a sense of whether, you know, what we've, the hypothesis we made about, okay, you know, uh, bulk edit, for example, right? Bulk edit is something that is useful for our customers. Um, can we validate that through usage, right? I think that's the ultimate validation of whether something works for people. And uh, how do we track that, right? I don't think it necessarily needs to be as granular as like a weekly check-in, at least not in our current capacity, 
but even then it's like okay you know we implement we have you know uh our overall metric of weekly active users but then it's also do we maybe need metrics for per feature right like uh weekly active users of uh the media player weekly active users of the transcript editor right uh, to, to kind of give us a sense of how maybe our product usage is also evolving over time. Mm -hmm. is, is it is it team more touch on on the team performance or the feature performance? Because I thought it was more about uh, the team team performance and how much you are impacting, and that is affecting your role as what you do in each department. That's affecting to the overall business ROI. Because then the, the, the feature performance and tracking the features has the whole different story than as an individual, what type of impact you are creating on day-to-day -day basis. I, I don't know if it was, sorry. Yeah. Well, I consider that a part of the deal. Feature use is ultimately how well are we solving users' problem? And we have direct impact on that. I, I, I don't think it's like, I, I agree with your point, Faisal, like it's less team performance. Mm -hmm. I guess yeah. like it's just more, uh, team performance in the sense of product or company performance, right? Mm. Uh, like in terms of our Nordstrom metrics. Because uh, right. I feel like it's going to be a bit tough and maybe might get a bit nasty if we start. <laughs> the, I, the, the, the only question is like, what what is the objective? It's like, okay, the, the, what is the objective? The objective is has the business has the more ROI, mm -hmm. the having the more users, more customer, mm -hmm. more business, more subscription. What is the objective, right? Because what team touch upon the different departments, mm -hmm. and let's touch on the development side or the or the engineering side. It's like okay, with the five people of team, does it really matter to see how many? Uh, how many times you push to the code to the GitHub or how many times you do, because it is also depends on your team size. Okay, you read in the books, you talk, uh, you, you, you listen from, let's say the Amazon engineer, Google engineer, they have a different story because they are integrating a large team in the small team and they are working on the one product. Then they need to perform or make sure everyone is aligned with their, with their engineering goal. But with the five team, let's say if I stop working or if teams stop working, let's say on the engineering side for a week, you all gonna see in the next day that guys, what is going on? We are having 15 bugs in the list, no feature update. So it, it is very transparent, right? Or let's say you stop working on the marketing or Tyler stop talking to investors. I mean, it is a real impact within a day or two. So well, you could go detailed on this indeed and say that, uh, but that's, that's the point not to go as detailed as uh, we're saying, how many times do you push code? will not matter and I would actually challenge how about we um, now that we've pushed our TypeScript stability so in the past past month well starting this quarter we've established that we do want to achieve stable environment development and just in our development side technically stable so if we achieve that and we do leave the product and development for a week I would say not much is going to necessarily change. The bugs, yeah, we'll increment them. Let's say we'll find five more. And, and it, it, it is more about, let's say, you stop working completely, right? You're, the, the organization is going to see that there is no update going on. It is not about on the user. Yes. It is the organization. Correct. But then with this, uh, with this funnel, you'd be able to say whether, well, have it, have it impacted ROI? If you've stopped, um, if you, would still be giving yourself a salary, but you didn't do anything. Would that really change our why over a week? And I would argue, maybe not. Maybe no, it's more than No, it is not gonna impact over the big, but you see next year where everything cracks down and okay, this is the, it is going in the different direction, but uh, uh, back to you. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't entertain that thought, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah I, I guess, oh, sorry, Tana, you go first. It just, I mean, Neil and I talked about it yesterday though, right? Like Neil is looking at his success and says, great, I have you know I triple traffic or whatever the exact number is. And I've got, you know, we went from two signups a day to 15 signups a day. But if none of those people convert and become, you know, monthly users or paying users of the system, is that truly a success? You know, like there, there's different ways that we need to measure this. And 
you know, obviously as a business owner, it's my responsibility to look at the, the financial success of the business. Like it's not always the most fun thing to, to have to focus on, but if, if, if there is no focus on that, there's no fun that we get to do here. Yeah. So there's, there's that piece. Like one of the, one of the, one of the metrics that I really like, um, I don't know if you remember, Ketton was the first one I ever really heard it um, from was revenue per employee. And I thought that was an amazing metric. Um, and, you know, you know, I don't know, I won't disclose exactly what ours are. We've had really good months and I don't know why I would have to look over the whole year to see, but like, I think what, I forget exactly what he said. That's about maybe like a million dollars per employee. And I was like, holy shit. 200,000. Yeah. Was it 200,000? Okay, that's not so bad. No, no, for some reason, I thought it was a million. And I'm like, okay, because that that's a huge sign of health. And of course, you're not able to necessarily measure individual impact because one person's a salesperson, one person's an engineer. But overall, it's showing you a lot of healthiness in the company. If that is bigger than, you know, what you're paying the employees as well as the expenses on top. So I think, you know, we've tried to take some approaches at this. I'm still... You know, I hope that we're going to continue on this you know, PKI business metrics sheet that I've built because I thought those were a lot of top line metrics. And, you know, I know that you guys then went and did some weekly ones, which I think are important for tracking. But I would like to say what you can get lost in is over analysis or over um, measurement of everything. And, you know, what we need to figure out is, okay, what things, just like we do with features, what, what ones can we deprioritize and which ones can we prioritize that are making the most significant impact on our business? Most significant impact on our business, obviously, in terms of revenue and growth, but also our customers' happiness and also our own team's happiness, too. So all of that has a factor in what we're doing here. It has absolutely highest impact because if, if the person who is working on something is not happy, it is not going to make it anything worth it. There is nothing, no point of considering ROI, blah, blah, blah. These numbers doesn't matter if person is not happy. So, I mean, the, I mean okay, even with the small team up to 15, 20 people, I would, I, I'm so much down to having, I'm having the understanding that there's no point of to do the micromanagement at that level to perform, to have that, have that, what's called the, the performance level mindset is like our metrics level mindset. It's like, because you, you track every single thing on every second, that's not going to make it more impact because then you're stuck in that mindset about just tracking everything and you lose the another side of it because you lose the momentum, you lose the happiness, you lose a lot of things, even the motivation, because one week, because of many things happening in our life, you might not performing that well. That doesn't matter what you did in last six months. So it is also more about having maturity and understanding about where to track and what to track at what size. So that also impact on the business. That's my point of view. We see this, we see this happen when you look at public companies who have to do quarterly earnings reports, right? And then they start to prioritize things in the short term that also might not be good for the long-term viability or success of the company. And so if we're, you know, I mean, I, I have lots of thoughts about this and I think, you know, this is a good topic to bring up. But I also think, you know, obviously we have sort of, a, you have some sort of a short-term mindset sometimes as a startup, but at the same time, you're sac making huge sacrifices or errors in the short-term if you're not thinking of long-term. So, you know, it, it really is a balance between all of this, but I, you know, I do agree with that. So about the happiness of what you have. And, you know, if you can't, if you're not happy doing the work that you're doing, who cares if you're measuring performance? You know what I mean? You're not going to do a good job. You should be doing the work that you're doing, which would normally take a person eight hours, but you can execute in an hour because you're so excited and focused on it. And if you're not following that, then there, there is going to be a conflict and friction in the work that you're happening, that's happening. And, uh, you know, that's not the kind of team and, you know, environment that we're trying to create here as well, too. So I think that's important for us to consider to, to focus on. But I go back to quickly asking, like, you know, myself, like now, it's like, I really did like that insight that came from us. It's like a lot of people like our product because of speed. And if we're helping the speed of the company and also we're helping the speed of ourselves, then all of a sudden we can learn faster. We can provide more value. And it's an it's exciting thing to wrap, rally around as we sort of prioritize moving forward. Okay. Well said. Yeah, all right, Tim, any last thoughts on this, sir? Well, I see more of a, as a one just last thought, but I see it more of a, as a learning loop. Well, nobody calls me moth. You guys learned. That's true.
Well, and, and I'll just add to that. There, there is an important piece because one of the challenges here, and I remember that's when I went early stages of speak when no one was using speak, the worst thing was getting no feedback. There was, that there was no feedback loop. There was no learning from it. And, uh, you know, from, from, for sometimes I think there is a stage in companies, this is something I'm trying to figure out, which is you don't necessarily know you know, you don't necessarily know what that loop is or exactly what what that thing is that you're trying to accomplish to do that's 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 that indicator of success, especially when you're diversified across different tasks. Like, you know, for us to hop into, you know, Lauren and that's when I jump into a GDPR meeting, you know, yesterday and talk about stuff like that. We're not going to talk about that, don't worry. Um, but, uh, you know, like you're, you're put into different environments where all of a sudden your metrics of success or the impact that you're having changed dramatically. And, uh, you know, there's different times when you're, again, in a, when you're in a bigger company, you're put into a very small, little narrow lane. And it's like, you know, one of my friends, for example, his only job was to manage about $9 million in Google ad spend. His only job was, can you improve the cost per acquisition of this? And that was all he woke up every day was spent that. And if, if at the end of the month or in a week, that was all he went back and did. So like, I in some ways, I hope that we can get there. In some ways, what drew me to the startup culture and being an entrepreneur in the first place was not having uh, that and having excitement, having diversity of the tasks that you're doing and being able to sort of uh, flip in between the different um, tasks that you're doing and seeing new challenges and, and being able to tackle those. So I think, Tim, it's, this is worthwhile discussions and something we need to implement in our company, especially as you look at continuing to grow the company, hiring people on, and also making people feel clear about how can I make an impact and then them getting a learning loop of, oh, I am making an impact or, oh, I'm not making the impact that I hope. Here's now what I can do better. And whether that's performance reviews that are more qualitative where you talk together or if there's more quantitative measures like what you mentioned, you know, bugs per push of a GitHub branch, there's lots of different ways that we can look at this. Um, but in the end, um, you know, that's, this is a, a gradual process that needs to be implemented in the company, no matter what, what we do. That's well said again. Um, I just want to poke in that, uh, yes, feed, uh, feedback loops are very important, uh, but there's like different types of feedback loops and like some of them are more, uh, beneficial than others. Like in my opinion, it's probably better to, you know, listen, you're probably going to have a better idea of what problems the product is facing from actually talking to, uh, you know, customers as opposed to, um, you know, watching your churn rate. Because um, that's just a number that can fluctuate. But it's not like everything that you do influences that number. Um, you know, churn rates kind of rise and fall mostly because of, you know, the customers, maybe the, the product and the customers in a good fit, or maybe there is actual problems. And, uh, you're not going to find those problems just by looking at the numbers. Um, you have to actually, you know, interact and uh, understand like what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Just last thought. It is, it is at the end, it is all about the compound effect. It's simple equation. It's compound effect. How you are making uh, changes every day, it's going to add up at the end. So it's, it's, it's either it's personal, professional, anything. It's business. It's at the end is the compound effect. If you're not making a change a day, you're going to see at the end of the year or either or. So that is simple as that. Yes, you know, well, I'm getting close to wrapping this up here, but there's just, you know, two things that have stuck out to me too, which is like, also worried about this compounding effect. And for example, like, you know, the Speak website's been live for three years, and now we're seeing compounding effects from domain age and authority and us being able to rank things and actually seeing people find us and come through. And there's a lot of times in the past where, again, we would, we would develop a feature yeah. Not till six months later is it even adopted at a high enough level that we would consider it a success at all. And, you know, I'm reading this book, the Venture Deals book, venture capitalists, when they're doing their fund, they don't know if they've succeeded until 10 years later. You know, like there, there's a huge gap sometimes. I remember one of the, Roham, Roham would always say, and I never quote fully understood, but I understood, understood a little more now, which is uh, revenue is a lagging indicator. Um, and that's why so many people focus on retention and usage and the user experience of the application, because if you can nail that down, then the revenue will come. If you build something that's truly valuable, then the, the revenue will come. And then lastly, just was like, you know, talk about sort of qualitative versus quantitative data. And from my own experience, I mean, uh, we had this 
Um, you know, recently we were looking at like a, for example, some drop off on the onboarding and it was like a number that stood out. And then with a little bit more qualitative analysis, it was like, oh, this wasn't as big a number as we thought. So, you know, whether that's using like systems like Hotjar or LogRocket or things like that, you can learn a lot very quickly. And we don't, or it's just again a conversation with the customer. We can learn so much from that compared to just quantitative uh, measures. So, um, yeah, uh, I guess it's, yeah, 104 uh, Eastern yeah. Standard Time. Any other thoughts before we wrap up Office Hours 30? Thanks for this. It was a great one. Good one. Okay. Always good when like everybody's here. Yeah. Lots of conversations. Well, people come with, I like when, you know, Kim came with the topic, lots of thought on it, obviously lots of thinking and that lots of, you know, that, so it makes it, it makes a difference. So, um, well, I, I feel good. Uh, thanks for everyone for uh, listening, watching, reading, whatever you're doing. Appreciate you guys joining here today and hope you have a beautiful uh, Friday here as we wrap up, wrap up the summer here in Canada. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much.